Welcome, everybody, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out in internet land doing? We hope you're doing good. Harry, how are you doing, buddy? You know, Greg, it's it's it's, uh, it's bachelor life over here. Uh, the, the wife is currently in Disney World. So uh, I'm doing all the chores, um, working, uh, babysitting. Uh, and not living my best life as a bachelor. So <laughs> yeah, who I was going to say that sounds nothing like bachelor life. <laughs> I know. I know. You would have thought I would have been living the dream. But uh, the wave comes back on Friday when we drop the episode. So it'll be it'll be nice to have her back to pick up some of the slack around here. But, um, you know, um, now I'm here with you guys and I couldn't be happier to talk about two uh, great films. Oh, OK. And Hans, how you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, unfortunately, my wife is not in Disneyland or Disney World, <laughs> so um, you know, still got dude, still got them chores. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad yours is there. I know she went like kind of last minute, so it's nice. She has nice warm weather. I think. Meanwhile, yeah, it looks over, great down there. Meanwhile, honestly. in Philly, it's like 47, and it's gonna be like 12 tomorrow and snow. So you know, it's the best the best of winter. Uh, is your wife Harry uh, picking up a figment bucket? I hear there's quite the ruckus of. Uh, he, I don't think so. Uh, I think she's uh, avoiding all that nonsense. But uh, yeah, I mean, similar to when me and Chris were there for the 50th, uh, everything was like easy to get on rides is a little crowded in certain areas. But like if you looked at like where they were selling merch and where they were selling popcorn buckets, it was like absolutely insane. And it's like, what's going on here? Don't you guys want to ride the rides? And it was like, nah, stand in line for popcorn buckets. So That's shout out to those to people, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> not, not and, shut not, up. And just yeah. and and on that point of how like ludicrous like some of this this stuff is, I don't know if you guys had, had saw on like eBay, someone was selling a picture of the um figment bucket, but it wasn't like a well-drawn picture. It was something that maybe my son could have drawn. Nice. And it was going, it was being bid for like 10 grand. So just the um, picture. It was a picture drawn on like loose leaf or like plain. I would just, and it was drawn with like pencil and it was ugly and someone, but apparently it was going to charity. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, I don't know if charity was someone's name, but you know, they, uh, <laughs> they were, they were getting like 10 grand for it and they had to like shut it down. Jeez. All right, boys. Well, uh, we're going to call it a night. I'm going to go grab some crayons and, uh, <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> See what I can do on Microsoft paint. Forget yes. getting buying lottery tickets. This is the way <laughs> NFTs. Yes. What is that? Yes. Uh, so if you're here with us tonight, that means, you know, what our topic is, uh, it's in the description after all. And our topic is never have I ever seen we're bringing it back. That's right. And Hans volunteered tonight to be the one uh, who we oh. chose movies for. So Hans, what uh, what titles did we select for you? All right. So a uh, couple of old ones. Um, the oldest one was uh, what <laughs> Harry recommended was 1973. The uh, his favorite director, Peter Bogdanovich. Um, <laughs> 1973. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I just yawned. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so rude. Um, Paper Moon, which I've heard about when he suggested it. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know where I um, actually thought this, but I thought this was more of a current movie, like in the past 20 years. I didn't initially know it was in 1973. So, um, you know, we'll touch on that. And then the other movie that we selected or Greg selected was 1991 Boys in the Hood with Cuba Gooding, uh, Ice Cube, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, 
I actually, when it, when I actually, I wanted, when you had suggested, I remember um, saying that I might've seen like a couple minutes of it or like maybe the first 20 minutes. And then I realized I didn't um, around that time menace to society came out um, mm. in like 1993. Mm. I think that's what I, I actually seen. So um, I'm glad because uh, this was the, like the first time sitting down and actually um, watching all movies. So it was, it was good. Good. I, I, there's some good, good quality in these movies. I will, I will once we get to it, but you know, good stuff. Well, uh, it sounds like you enjoyed them. Uh, why don't you kick it off here? Let us know, you know, what you thought of uh, boys in the hood. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, like I say, it came out in 1991 and I'll, you know, I'm going to go off on like, and I didn't put this in my notes. Um, just within the time frame of these movies, there's 18 years apart. And it is incredible of how much the filming from a 1973 black and white movie to a, a 1991, like it just, the way filming is done, it's like, it's so big of an improvement in 18 years. But then now you look at a movie from like 2000 and what, I don't even know what year we're anymore. And I feel like there's not like the, the improvement, like there isn't like that next step, except in like Avatar. I don't know. It's just funny. Um, I When I was watching them, I'm like, this is like, this is not far apart. But they look completely you know what? different. I, no, I, I would disagree with you. I would say if you watch a movie from like the early 2000s compared to like maybe like 2010 forward, that I think that was really like the rise of digital. Like I know digital filming yeah. was happening before yeah. that, but that's when it became kind of like standard. Um, yeah. so I would say there's a difference there, but, but yeah. yeah, for sure. I, there's definitely a difference. I just in- think it's, it's funny because it's like eight, like 18 years really isn't that long in like movie time. And it's just right. like the improvements that, that, you know, but I'm not, that doesn't take away from paper moon. Um, but well, for right now, <laughs> um, boys in the hood. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to take in with this movie. Um, I, first of all, I didn't, there's a lot of meme material that, um, I didn't realize stuff came from, <laughs> Um, and that I, I knew like one thing it was spoiled just from like memes from years ago, but, um, that was what happened with Ricky, but, um, yeah, so it's basically a story of, um, a young guy, uh, played by Cuba Gooding who moves in with his father, um, you know, both where his mother was living at the time and where his father living, it's, it's not the best of areas, um, and it's in LA, I believe, um, yeah, so, South Central, South Central. so, you know, he's getting mixed up in some of the wrong people, um, like with, with like gang activity, um, dealing with some, you know, I, I may even bring up like gentrification of the neighborhoods and, um, you know, he's a very, he is a very smart, um, smart character. His name's Trey, um, his best friend's Ricky and his, uh, his brother's Doughboy. And, um, yeah, I mean, you get to see him kind of, it seems like it's such a short amount of time that the movie takes place in um in regards to when it shows like cuba gooding as i guess he's 18 up until the point when the movie ends um but him and his friends both have kind of expectations of moving out of that neighborhood and it's really just him kind of having to deal with becoming a man and and really looking to where his loyalties lie in regards to what his friends are doing um you know ricky is is planning to be in the nfl like he's a really good uh really good running back. Um, he's getting recruited by colleges, but, um, his brother Doughboy is, is definitely a, a bad seed and gets, a uh, you know, he's very in the early movies, very good on comic relief. Like he says a lot of funny things, but then like, as, and, and I think this is the movie, like kind of as a whole, like 
there there's a lot of funny dialogue but i think like right towards the middle it kind of takes a shift and it, it really becomes like it really hammers home like some of the points that the that the movie's trying to make um some great performances in here with um lawrence fishburne cuba i'm not like a good i'm not a big cuba fan but um i, I thought he was fantastic in this um he has a, a lot of really good moments ice cube who um i think harry you put on your notes this is his first movie yeah, which, yeah. um he was even he was even, um, you know, bold enough to somehow get John Singletary to put his own song in the actual movie, an Ice Cube song. Um, so does, a, Ice, does Cube... Ice Cube exist? In... Exactly. What? What? Was now we're dealing with like multiverse stuff. <laughs> yes. um, I would have known that because the subtitles come up. It says like Ice Cube's blah 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 playing. I'm right. like, wait a minute, yeah, wait yeah, a yeah. minute. I'm like, he's right there. Um, but yeah, I, and it's it's. Uh, you know, it, it, the first maybe 15, 20 minutes cover him as when he's um when he's like nine, nine or ten. Um, but, you know, you get to see him, you know, him and his relationship with his father, who which is really it's great. You get to see some of the relationship with his mother, who was in school at the time. His mother and his father aren't together. So, um, you know, his mom's going to school. She ends up becoming like really well off and it looks like she's, you know, got, you know, is doing very well for herself um, towards the end of the movie. Um, and also his relationship with, um, oh my God, why can't I remember her name? Brandy. Um, yeah. Neil Long. Mm. Is that who that is? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. There was a couple of people in here. I didn't even realize, like, I didn't even realize um, Regina King was in it until um, I think maybe the end credits. I'm like, oh, nice. So um, yeah, I didn't notice her at first, but she's one of my favorite, like current actresses. So it's good to kind of see some of her early work. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that, you know, I, we could definitely discuss from, from your, from, uh, your points of view, but, uh, I'll turn it over to Greg. What about you? I knew you were the one that suggested it. So, yeah. So, um, this is, you know, one of my, uh, favorite, um, uh, kind of like urban films, I guess you would call it. I don't, I don't know exactly. I think IMDb has it as a crime drama, which I guess, you know, it fits into those two, but I think it's, mm. it's more like an urban drama, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie just, it, it starts off with this instant tone check and uh, you know, it just, it doesn't really let up. Um, you know, you, you did make a good point about uh, the tone um, shifting slightly. I mean, in, in the beginning, you know, you, you see, the direness of the uh, the streets and the situation and stuff. But at the same time, you're from the POV of the kids. So they kind of approach things like dead bodies with a sense of um, curiosity, I guess, instead of dread. Uh, whereas later on in the movie, when it shifts to the adult focus and, you know, uh, Trey and, and Doughboy and all these guys have to deal with um, police and, and people dying and, and things of that nature. It's it's less that curiosity aspect and more like these are real things that are really impacting us. And these are, you know, the results of that. So very interesting. Um, Lawrence Fishburne as Furious Styles, I thought was just absolutely magnetic. Uh, like you could not take your eyes yeah, off 100%. him whenever he was whenever he was on screen. So also it's just a great, a great name, like fury. Like I, and <laughs> yeah. I, I think like, I, and I think I like what I had to like double take that when like I looked at the subtitles, I'm like furious. I'm like, 
what are it like i'm like oh that's Lawrence fishburne's name i'm like that's such a great name it really is it's uh yeah. man it's a very classic uh character name and uh yeah and a, a classic performance at that so yeah he was just outstanding kind of shocked he didn't get any noms right with this performance yeah it's a little strange yeah. to me um, I, did you did you happen to see like who won or who was nominated, Craig, or anything? Or no, I didn't look into yeah. it that deep. But uh, right. but I think the performance speaks for itself. I mean, it stands out enough oh, yeah. that I could see that being at least considered for a nom. Um, you know, the movie uh, it starts off in '84, but jumps forward seven years into 1991. And just to provide context, very interesting time in LA and the U.S. Um, there were LA had decades of civil unrest from police brutality and things of that like. And the U S itself was in the throes of the AIDS epidemic. And you see the impact that both of these things, police brutality and AIDS have on the characters, you know, whether it be uh, through things they experience or dialogue. Um, But, you know, these are two, two concerns of the time sadly you know some of that is still a concern but um yeah but it definitely plays an impact into uh uh you know the the surroundings and the trappings that uh uh you know this our our group of protagonists are in um there was a scene where uh cheryl's baby uh was in the street and trey found Mm it uh found the the uh, Cheryl's daughter just walking along as cars are coming and it was just uh you know it's kind of mind-blowing to see that and uh actually very kind of heartbreaking you know this in a sense and um that immediately jumps to you know Trey uh rescuing the child bringing her back to her mom and then uh immediately having a shotgun put in his face so it goes from like heartbreaking to terrifying instantly uh and it's just um it's another one of those tone shifts but it's like you know anything can happen this is almost kind of like the wild west in in south central and uh you got to be on top of things at all time um so those are, those are just some of my initial thoughts before we dive further into the movie uh Har, what did you think of uh boys in the hood or what are some of your initial thoughts yeah. Um, so for me, uh, you know, like Chris, uh, I had, I had not, uh, come upon this film either. Um, but it was always one that was in my watch list and letterboxed and, you know, you always have it as, you know, hearing it's a, it's a classic and, you know, this movie was three or I was three when this movie came out. So obviously I wasn't, uh, heading to the cinema, um, to go and see it. Um, but kind of the big thing coming out of it for me was, you know, I, I know I've, I've probably seen a smattering of John of John Singleton films, um, but, you know, Baby Boy, I probably caught some of. And I think some of his other late 90s work, I think he has a couple of other films that kind of center around, you know, the South Los Angeles area or, you know, deal with, you know, real problems. And I think for me, like what I enjoy about paper moon and would enjoy about boys in the hood is I feel like they have a lot of things in common that on the first glance don't really have in common, but part of it is, is being transported into a world. 
And, you know, in Paper Moon, it takes place in the 1930s, you know, and it was shot in the 1970s. So all the, you're getting put into this world and it feels as though it's a real place. And, you know, with, with John Singleton, he wrote this story and, you know, was basically like, I'm the one who's going to direct it and basically, you know, force the studios to take a chance on him, you know, in order to do it, because I believe this was his first film. Um, you know, we were talking about love for, for Lawrence Fishburne and, uh, I'll get to him shortly, but, uh, you know, Singleton was the first, uh, African-American or black director, um, you know, and he was the first, uh, he was the youngest, I think, director ever nominated. Um, so that's pretty, pretty incredible to like shoot your shot on your first film and completely nail it. Um, you know, and, you know, it's, it just goes to show, you know, and I, and also what his story goes to tell, you know, the lack of eyes and the lack of opportunities for, you know, black communities with being able to, you know, like, it's crazy that in 1991 slash 92, we're having the first black director nominated for an Oscar. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, and it, it goes to tell the story, you know, of just long time coming. Yeah. And it just goes to show the lack of films that were shown, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah. so it just goes to show that gap as well. Um, and, you know, what Boys in the Hood really does well is it puts you in South Central L.A. with someone who grew up there who knows the story and tells the story. You know what I mean? If I tried to tell the story, I would absolutely botch it and have to, you know, figure things out and stuff like that. So um, that to me is just, you know, where you're getting transported into a world um, that feels real, that feels like, you know, you're you're kind of like uh you know a fly on the wall you know what i mean and you're kind of observing what what's kind of really going on um chris had mentioned a little bit of the first debut for ice cube first debut for regina king um you know as well for it um i'm you guys uh haven't mentioned it yet but there's a lot of kind of like stand by me references you know mm -hmm. with the beginning with them walking on the train tracks and you know go you guys want to see a dead body and it's like well they don't have to go very far um to go see one and then kind of at the end as things get tied up you know with kind of talking about you know and with uh ice cube kind of disappearing um and things of that nature um but yeah um in, you know greg you had mentioned it a little bit and so did chris but um you know even though this is a cuba movie it or uh, it feels like a fishburn movie to me um and it's wild that he wasn't nominated and uh it's it's kind of interesting that you know there's only a seven-year age gift difference between the two actors um, and I was looking, I was looking for Cuba, Cuba, and I was wondering like if I, I was taking a look at his IMDb and I don't think he had a major role until this one. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong about that. And maybe so, somebody... like first starring role for him. Yeah. It looked like his first film role. Um, it looked like he had been in a couple things. So definitely looks like, you know, or, you know, maybe he was making the rounds and, you know, was an up and coming name at the time. Um, but yeah, Fishburne for me, I mean, when he go, when they have the, uh, the speech in front of the billboard, um, you know, that kind of, you know, put it on the Oscar reel, as they say. Um, but um, yeah, for it. So so those are kind of my major takeaways for it. But just just a world that, you know, I don't know a lot of, you know, as far as, you know, never lived in L.A., you know, obviously, a, you know, a white, a white male. Um, so being transported in that world, it's, you know, it's always it's always good to have the voices who experience these stories telling it. And, and that's kind of the big thing for me. And um yeah, just a really, really great movie. I gotta say, so Chris, what, I got a yeah, oh, I got a couple fact checks. So yeah, okay. so it wasn't for awards. It didn't win anything, but it wasn't. I, I mean, uh, that was going against Silence of the Lambs. I like that year. Mm -hmm. So I think regardless of like if they were nominated, it probably wouldn't have. Um, it probably wouldn't have won. Um, 
Yeah, it got yeah. Boys in the Hood for director, um, best screenplay, which went to Thumb and Louise. But no, as, yeah. in terms of acting, no, no, um, no awards. And this was yeah. Cuba's first big movie. Um, he was in Coming to America, but that doesn't right, count. Yeah. Well, I think he was getting I, you know, like he was in a haircut or something. Uh, He's getting a haircut, yeah. The barbershop, <laughs> yeah. He has no. Lines. I want to say. Yeah. I guess, you know, it, given the context of things, it probably makes sense because we see even now, like just now within the past year or two, are, is the Academy starting to recognize performances um, for, you know, all different people of color. And so, yes, yeah, given 1991s. Yeah. So like given that this came out in 91, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that, you know, there there wasn't a... Uh, african-american nominated uh doesn't make it any less um hurtful or uh um a shame but you know yeah. it's uh definitely a performance that merited it yeah apologies if i said he won it was yeah it was only nominated uh for it so good catch yeah, i think that's catch, when hands. like that's when silence of the lambs like cleaned up that year so i mm. yeah yeah but, yeah this um, movie chris i don't know what you felt on your first watch but this felt a lot to me like a like a uh, a great father son film, um, you know, I guess, you know, when you're kind of seeing the story of, of the kids and as they grow up and who they become to be and, you know, what kind of paths they go down. But a lot of it for me kind of always went back to, you know, the father and son dynamic between uh, Fishburne and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, I mean, you know, and now I think if I would have watched this maybe a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have the same kind of a takeaway. Um, you know, being not being a father uh, two and a half years ago. Um, right. But, you know, I, I think I, it definitely there is a lot like I thought I love the relationship between um, Furious and Trey because it wasn't like he wasn't like he didn't. He wasn't like a tough love father, like he didn't oh, like he didn't want to like make his son make decisions. He knew like he wanted to put his son in the position to make his own decisions but also like kind of use his mind. And I'm like the one, one of my favorite scenes is after, um, you know, once we cover it, like when Ricky gets shot and um, Trey's okay. first reaction, Ricky, um, I, I'm sorry. I like, I've seen that, like that video, like on, and like, and it get memed up and it just, I, I didn't want to, I like, I, at this time when I'm watching the whole movie, when I saw that, it's an I'm emotional like, moment in the movie, I'm like, man, this, this is, is like, like the this memes. is bad. But then like, I remember like seeing, I'm like, oh, I remember that one, that one, that one. But, um, but like my favorite scene is after Ricky shot and like Trey's first reaction is like is revenge and to go for the gun. And, you know, uh, Furious doesn't yell at him. He doesn't. He just says like, you know, like this isn't if you you, you can be like you want to be a man, but you have to like this is going this is going to be is the wrong decision. And like, yeah. give me the gun. And, I you know, as, as a father, like you don't want to like you don't want to steer your child. Like that's one of the biggest fears that I mean, I have is eventually like getting to the point where I'm like, if I give the wrong advice or steer my child in the wrong direction, like not intentionally, but like you say the wrong thing. And mm. it's like, you know, I think in, in the world of boys in the hood, like in that world, like it's much easier to get, um, I guess, misguided and like right. kind of like go in the wrong direction. And your first reaction is violence where you live in that, in that, environment and um you know i i and just as like i said as a father like it, it really kind of hits home because there's a lot of stuff that they talk about that like i know i'm going to have to talk about 
with my son, like, you know, and, and it's kind of funny to see how, like, you know, how he brings up certain things, like, you know, when he's talking about like, if he's a virgin and like, and you're just like, you, you could tell it's funny. Cause like Cuba's reaction is like, I don't want to have this like talk now. Like I don't want to do it. And I'm just like, kind of saying like, if I, you know, I I'm probably gonna have to have that talk in, in, in God knows how many years. And I'm like, like, Furious just makes it so easy. And I'm just like, I know when I'm going to get to that time, I'm going to be like, oh, buh, 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 buh. I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah. But I, I thought the dynamic of it was great. So, Greg, what do you think? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, Furious is a very he's he's like a, a warrior poet. You know, he has that quiet strength, right. uh, but also, um, you know, able to subtly guide and and use his words rather than uh action um to influence and this is very interesting and even in that scene that you were talking about where he he you know talks trey down that even though it doesn't necessarily work and trey sneaks out and and uh you know goes out there it was it was a very powerful scene and uh yeah right before the dialogue that you had mentioned you know he was like look I'm sorry that happened, but that's their problem. You're my problem. And it's yeah. like that, that really encapsulates uh, that, that dynamic and not, you know, when he says problem, he's not being serious that, you know, Trey is a problem per se, but just, you know, you're under my watch. And while you're under my watch, I'm going to guide you to, to be the best that you can be. Yeah. So, yeah. Very, very, just a, a great dynamic in that film between those two characters, great performances from both. Um, just some other notes I had. Let me see here. Uh, the visit to <laughs> this is <laughs> a little off topic, but the visit to Furious when they went to uh, was a Furious Financial Advisors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Furious's workplace. Ricky is carrying around like a half gallon of milk, drinking straight from the carton. And I just thought that was the most hardcore thing because I mean, this milk isn't even refrigerated. <laughs> He's just drinking no. straight, like, taking it everywhere he goes. Like Ricky throughout this movie, I guess he's got to keep his uh, his calories up or whatever, because this man is constantly yeah. eating and drinking. Uh, but the, the milk just got me. I don't know what it was. Dude, I can see a man I, eating, you know, ding dongs or whatever, but carrying around a half gallon of milk and just chugging that. That's that's intense. Greg, I didn't even see your note and I had the same thing. I didn't put all <laughs> I put was all I put as my notes was Ricky and his milk. Yeah, because it's just like because I didn't even notice it. I think when they went, I think I noticed it when they were at the billboard and he like just takes like a big swig of it. And I'm like, oh, mm. my God, like the dude's carrying around a half gallon of milk like and it's got to be hot as hell there. And I'm yeah. like, and he's just like that. God knows how warm that he's he's going to sleep good tonight with warm milk. But he's like, I'm like, oh, that's no, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. So that was just a little bit of a <clears throat> comedy, I thought, just a funny non sequitur but um i i really want to know if they were like if they were filming out there like you know what you know what ricky needs needs a half gallon of milk like just get some milk like like, no one's gonna notice just throw milk in it's gonna take away from furious's message just throw milk in it's fine (laughs) just give him some milk yeah and the the crazy thing is if that wasn't a prop and he had to like shoot that over and over just drinking milk he had to be up chucking his guts out just pretend (laughs) it's empty or just have it be empty pretend there's something in there Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, but taking it back to a more serious note, you know, Harry, earlier you mentioned Furious's speech in Compton, uh, mm. which was a fantastic scene. But, you know, Furious, uh, you know, talks about gentrification and, and um, you know, how to best fight against that. But he also talks about, 
um, you know, stemming the rising tide of violence and, you know, not trying to act hard or come at people yeah. and, and kind of breaking that cycle of violence. And um, not 10 minutes later in the movie, you see Doughboy doing the exact things that Furious spoke out against where, you know, he just yeah. kind of being intimidating and, and uh, you know, uh, showing out as it were. And then, you know, this eventually leads to the beef that gets Ricky killed. So it's um, kind of tragic in that sense. Uh, what else do we have here? The restaurant scene with Angela Bassett and, uh, and um, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Angela Bassett. She, she didn't have a lot to do in this movie, but that scene, she was pure fire, man. Love yeah. the intensity from her. Um, what else? We have uh, no hospital for Ricky. I thought that was uh, kind of tragic. They just, you know, yeah. they he gets shot and I get it. You know, he lives right around the corner, uh, but they just take him home and plop him on the couch. And it's like, you're not even going to try and save this man's life. I, I don't know. It just seemed a little hmm. weird to me. Yeah, it kind of it kind of didn't strike me that way because I felt like it's just, you know, he's, you know, as, as Ice Cube goes to talk about the next morning, you know, it's just like he's just another another number. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's true. just not going to get covered and. You know, um, who's to say if they bring the body in or if they're calling 911 that then they're not a suspect for it, you know, and it just, you know, I, it, they're they're I think they're just so numb to the, you know, that's part of the the culture, you know, sadly. And it's just like, that's, you know, what happens. And, you know, that that scene really got me emotionally because that's how I was thinking about it. And then it's like, you know, you see that they're carrying the body home and, you know, because they, they, you know, they feel they need to, they wouldn't be able to explain it. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't be able to get back. And it's just, they had to bring the body in to show like, yeah. this is what happened. Like, you're not going to believe me, mom. And in, in what was really sad too, is just, you know, the way, um, the way ice cube and, um, the way the way the mother acts, I, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But when when she acts, when she finds out that Ricky died and, and blames, oh Doughboy, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just kind of like fault. Doughboy what did you still, do? yeah, yeah. And it's like he didn't, you know, he didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he did, you know what I mean? It, it, but he doesn't even realize it. Do you know what I mean? He, right. As you were saying, Greg, the whole scene, you know, the whole leads to that. But it's like he didn't even think about it because he was just defending himself at the at the time or thinking that he was doing that so right pretty pretty wild how you know it kind of comes full circle but yeah real emotional scene just the whole carrying of the body the limpness it just it really got me kind of choked up a little bit during it did you uh did you have any other thoughts on it here or anything else? um the the i mean there's you know there's a couple of there's not really a score to this movie i feel like um, but the one score that I did feel like was throughout the movie was uh, the gunshots and the the helicopter. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think about it from my perspective where it's like if you hear a helicopter flying around, you know, more longer than a minute or longer than 30 seconds, you're poking your head out the window and like, what's going on? And everybody is just so numb to it of just that's that's life, you know, in South Central you know, with that kind of, and it kind of works as a score for the movie, you know, when the recruiter comes, there's a lot of shots of it, um, you know, and, and no one is, like I said, phased by it or even thinks twice about it. Um, and then the gunshots, I heard that they, um, or I read somewhere, I didn't hear because it wasn't like I was talking, you know, in 91 to, to people <laughs> who were at the film in the movie. Um, but uh, I read that they did some of the gunshots, you know, and didn't let the actors know when it would happen. 
so that way it felt more off authentic to mm. you know when they would go off um and then you know as much you know as we were talking about the emotional scene with ricky you know my question is is what ricky a football player he's not you know, this is the whole Game of Thrones thing where Ricky isn't putting any moves on. He's running down an alley. You know what I mean? Like it's a straight <clears> beeline. <throat> like let's keep it crisscross, like jumping through neighborhoods. I just, I don't know what he's doing there. He's scratching the scratch offs to see if he's going to win. And just my takeaway from that is, and, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but like I, maybe he just didn't seem. Mm, I was going to say he maybe didn't, he didn't, he didn't think, think about it. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think he thought about it because like even right after they initially break away, what's the first thing he does? Not try to get home. He takes a pee. And yeah. it's like, dude, you just like ran for your life and yeah. you know, you got to hit the head like I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. So that, that threw me off to him like, I'm sorry, like I I wouldn't that my last reaction would be to go pee. Like if that mm. in that situation. He's like just casually, but it, it does show like kind of like that environment and that like how they live is like they almost got shot. Now it's just like let's just cut. It's then it's like back to normal. Like yeah. So yeah. so yeah. I mean maybe he just right. didn't put that much thought into it, and yeah. you know he just he do didn't you, use the skills. Do you guys know the story of the shooter who shot Ricky? N- no. What do you mean? So there, the 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 guy in the movie who shoots Ricky. Right. Uh, the guy with the shotgun, he ended up uh, a couple years later after the movie going to jail for manslaughter um, in jail. His cellmate killed him in a satanic ritual. Um, yeah. So it's a pretty, pretty wild, um, wild story. You could look it up. Um, oh, you just gave me chills, but, man. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. And I it think sounds, a couple, it sounds I like mean, an M. Night movie. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot. Um, but uh yeah, wow. and then um another another scene for me, just um, you know, and then just a final bow on it for, mm. for my thoughts was you know, Ice Cube going all the way, you know, with finishing, you know, the shooters, you know, as as they're crawling away, you know, the one guy's like, Man, I didn't even pull the trigger, you know, and it kind of just goes back to what Fishburne was saying and kind of you know, the circle of the way the, the movie goes you know, from, you know, Doughboy, you know, pretty much becoming, I don't want to say full villain, but pretty much going the the farthest you can go to, you know, avenge his brother and, you know, also, you know, kill other other black youths and um, and then meeting his know. own end, you know? Yeah. And then meeting his own end. So um, I thought it was interesting that they put that in there. I mean, I wonder if they would have just left it where he faded away or if they just, you know, never said what happened to him. You know, if that would have changed the the ending a little bit or the thoughts on it. But, you know, um, and it's just, you know, at the end of the movie, the increase the peace message of just, you know, um, you know, I mean, we're still, you know, dealing with issues, you know, similar to this, as you mentioned earlier, Greg. And it's just, you know, let's try to be nicer to each other and try to support each other. We're all here, you know, on this planet. And, you know, let's just be peaceful. And uh, it makes me sad. Mm. Um. Harry, on one note that you have, um, you have something involving Ricky is that is the shotgun, the range on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I've <laughs> played my fair share of video games and uh, those shotguns are usually not very long range. And I got to say, there was at least maybe 20 feet, 30 feet, like more than that. That was that was like 
40 to 50 and it was like uh, fully that was was like full impact of it and like as if it was up close i'm sorry i saw that too and i was i I was hoping you bring it up so i'm like maybe maybe he had the tighter the tighter pellets and they just shot the extra long barrel and yeah i don't know (laughs) maybe uh... i i don't know but i just i saw that i'm like wait a minute i I played call of duty too um but (laughs) not the same but like kind of you know (laughs) We all know how um, shotguns work. They're good for close range. Yeah. The only thing that I, I that I, a couple things that I, I, the main thing that turned me off of it in this movie and it, it was 1991. And I know like technology isn't, isn't what it, what it is now. It's the aging of the characters to their respectable adult or 18, like later, like <laughs> seven years later are terrible. Like they do not look anything like I'll give Doughboy maybe a little bit of credit. But those kids aged from nine or ten to thirty-five to forty in seven years, because Ice Cube has never looked I younger than twenty-five. Far. Yeah, he never has looked under twenty-five. And Cuba, same thing. Cuba looked like he was like thirty. That's all I'm gonna say. I I was like, wait a minute. I was like, Ricky's the only one that looked like a high schooler. I would say I Cuba. Think. Cuba looked like he was maybe a little like bit. I don't know. Ice Cube didn't. Think. Ice Cube looked like he was he was right. Cuba's father. That's like was, that's how old he looked. Cuba was born in '68, uh, so he would have been 23, maybe 22, 21 at the time of filming. I guess. Well, no, yeah, 1991. Am I doing my math wrong? Yeah, he would have been 20. He would have been like 20 when they shot it. Probably. I just thought so. like seven years. It's like I've known. I've known you guys for I, triple and something <laughs> like almost triple that length i feel and you guys still look the same like you have oh, not thanks. aged at all probably i appreciate that but added. i don't think that's yeah. true yeah. I don't, yeah no but like no but i like i wouldn't ca- recast you in like seven years and be like well like well, for I harry think, like i'm gonna I, get I jk gotcha. simmons but that's also a crucial probably. seven years i mean you're talking they're going through puberty and yeah you know. i don't know i you know i don't know <laughs> i would say chris I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the kids were like nine or ten if maybe they went younger on the kids then like i could see maybe. that gap maybe not lining up which maybe made you feel that way but i think for the actors when they grew up when like um, when they show them as when they get older, I think it's pretty close to what they their age actually were. Maybe a couple years older, but maybe it's just the kids were just a slightly younger. Um, maybe didn't feel like eleven or twelve year olds. But agree to disagree. <laughs> Fair. Uh, you have any other points on this hands? Um, no, I mean, if I kind of had to rank this, I would definitely put it like a three and a half um, out of five. Um, you know, I, I thought the, like just as an overall, like I thought the um, the whole cast was fantastic. I You know, it's a lot of first movies, like we said, for Ice Cube and um, Regina King. Um, I'm, you know, mm. I think it was definitely like especially Regina King. I mean, Ice Cube did went on to still do some more movies. I mean, he did Friday a couple of years later and then yeah, not you know, too long he, he eventually snowballed into the. Uh, whatever the um, are we there yet movies, but we'll let him, you know, his earlier well, totally, careers are much better. What's interesting about ice cube too, is like totally a different role in Friday, like totally just a carefree kind of joker. And in this he's, you know, shortly out of NWA and he's just a hardcore, like, you know, but still gangster. dealing with a lot of the same, you know, situations. Yeah. Friday dealt with it. Definitely much more of a, in a comedy, uh, like comedic, a comedic yeah. way. But um, I mean, it was four years after Boys in the Hood. And all right, in my other case that I just said, 
Ice Cube aged in four years, at least 20 years, because he does not look like, he does not look like he's a teenager or in his early 20s uh, in um, Friday. Well, but um, I, yeah, go ahead. I was also going to say this movie did do really well at the box office, too. And it was at a time when, you know, I think it, uh, you know, showed that there was a people wanted to see themselves or see their their culture and, you know, problems that they're dealing with put on screen. Um, and this, I think this movie like only cost like 6 million to make and it made like 75 million and it wasn't given a huge release. I think it was only released in like 800 screens or something, not like 2000 or whatever the, the number would have been then. But, uh, yeah, totally, um, a, a hit at the box office. Yeah. And I think this was the first of those like kind of gang violence movies, uh, at least that I can think of. I mean, I, I trying to think, I think that like kind of spawned like, in a good way of like kind of, you know, we got menace to society. I think that kind of once boys in the hood, yeah, a couple years Harry's later. point is successful. Yeah. You get, you know, menace to society, boys in the hood. I mean, I'm sorry, Friday. Um, you get even some spinoffs or not uh, uh, satire with, uh, I don't even know the name of that movie, drinking your juice in the hood. Do you know what I'm talking about? The don't be a menace. Don't, to society don't be with, a menace to South central while drinking the, the your, juice in, your hood. juice in the yeah. hood. So yeah, yeah a parody movie. like that. <laughs> um but yeah I, I overall three and a half out of five like i really i i knowing some of the plot points going in just because of the internet um i was still kind of surprised <laughs> with some of the stuff um you know i'm i'm not a i i think out of like i i think in this kind of genre of movies i think i've only really ever seen this and menace to society so it was kind of good to kind of go back a little farther um and kind of revisit i guess or not revisit just watch the first one so well hands it's funny that you mentioned menace to society uh first of all i would give this four stars out of five um but i would say listeners do yourselves a favor and make like a black voices trilogy and watch this as the second movie uh where you have do the right thing from 89 start off with that uh directed by spike lee that takes place in Brooklyn, so a little bit uh, different circumstance. I, I believe it's Brooklyn, uh, definitely New York City. Uh, yeah. Then watch Boys in the Hood, then watch Menace to Society, uh, which came out in 93 and was directed by Albert and Alan Hughes. Uh, I think you have a really strong trilogy of movies where even though they're not necessarily connected at all by, by characters or whatever, um, three very important uh, films with uh, strong messages and um, you, you kind of really get that that flavor and that uh, black experience, especially in that time period, that like five year range in the late 80s, early 90s. So just some recommendations from your friendly na- neighborhood, Papa Spice. Also, yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to like in that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Now, um, another recommendation um, I would probably like put in that category is a movie that came out in 2000 called Bamboozled, which is another mm-hmm. Spike Lee movie. If you haven't seen that, um, fantastic. Um, you know, it's definitely the, um, the genre of like black culture. Spike Lee did. Um, I think it's Damon Wayans is in it. Um, I think actually a couple of the Wayans brothers are in it. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith. I definitely checked that one out. I thought it came out actually earlier around the early 90s, but it's actually 2000. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd put that in one in there. Harry, I'm sorry for cutting you off multiple times. <laughs> no, you're, you're all good, dude. Um, cosign what you guys are saying. 
Um, there was a, a movie in 1987, which I saw um, called Hollywood Shuffle. It's um, it's kind of about an, an actor um, who's limited to stereotypical roles because of his ethnicity. Um, and, you know, he's trying to make his way into, you know, kind of beating that stereotype in a way. Um, and it's directed by Robert Townsend, starring Robert Townsend. Oh, wow. um, it's a, it's a short one too. I think it's just uh, it's under it's like an hour and eighteen minutes. Um, so caught it on on a, I forget what channel uh, or you know one of one of those late night movies that just pops on. Um, and then yeah, uh, Boys in the Hood for me four stars. I think same as you, Greg. Um, yeah, high quality. And you know if you're if you're unfamiliar, you know with with different cultures. I mean you know I'm always a. Uh, uh, advocate for subtitled films, but you know, if, 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 you know, movies that can test you or make you see things from a different point of view or take you into a world you're unfamiliar with, I think is always a good, a good way to go. Expand your mind and your point of view for sure. Um, okay. Well, thanks boys. That was a good discussion we had on boys in the hood. Uh, let's talk about paper moon hands. What do you got? Oh boy. Uh, so for, <laughs> Anyone who's uh, fairly, if they're new to the podcast, um, and I forget what this was. I think was this how was this name first brought up when we did best directors? Um, favorite directors? No, it was it was comedies, I think. Um, but I, maybe I'm. Mis- oh, okay. It might have it might have been directors and comedy where like I threw out Peter Bogdanovich as a as an yes. honorable mention. Um, so he's or maybe- he's become. A, uh, a living legend. Well, a living legend on the podcast. Uh, he well, you know, he's not w- living anymore. No, I was going to say, you guys <laughs> are rude. It's all so, your fault. Uh, recently, uh, you know, we lost Peter Bogdanovich. Um, R.I.P. And our, yeah, R.I.P. Um, I've only ever seen one of his movies, which was Paper Moon, which we're about to discuss. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, uh. So, you know, we always bust Harry's chops because he's definitely um, has an uh, he's an old soul in a young man's body. Wow. And uh, he does like some of the older movies, which Greg and I, um, I mean, most of our our uh, our likes are uh, after 1980. Um, But Peter Bogdanovich was mainly before that. Um, So it's about it's a black and white movie, which immediately was going to be a turnoff for me. But um you know, expand your I, mind. I expand my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I watched like 20 minutes of the justice league in black and white. I can do a, I can do a Peter Bogdanovich movie. Um, <laughs> Very similar. films. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's uh, Ryan O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill, which I, and I'm pretty sure are father and daughter. Correct. That is, you, you're, you're right on the nose with that one, which, um, you know, fits well within the movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peter or, Sorry, Ryan. I like. I thought I had a sneeze coming. Ryan O'Neill uh, plays a con man who um, stops by a funeral of um, someone who I'm assuming he, you know, had a thing with. Mm-hmm. This woman has a daughter who uh, people these people these strangers just want to, you know, it's 1930s. Just want to give this kid up and don't, you know, just trust strangers. That's fine. Not my problem. Driver to St. Joe's. That's fine. St. Joseph's. That's not a problem. I mean, if that was nowadays, they, those people would be in jail. Um, but back then, it's kind of just give the kid away. Um, so they go on the road and uh, Tatum O'Neill is nine. Uh, she smokes, which is really weird. 
um oh, a lot <laughs> a lot a lot in this movie this isn't like a one-time thing it was like it was least, the 30s like, man kids were six hardcore. or seven <laughs> and they weren't um, they weren't drinking milk out of milk cartons yet they were they were not like ricky yeah needed their nicotine yeah. fix um oh, Jesus. it turns out that you know he he is conning her but at, at it turns out she's actually probably a better con man than he is so then mm. they go on these all like wild shenanigans to St. Joe's or St. Joseph's is it? I don't know. It's St. something. And, um, you know, they're trying to scam a bunch of people out of money, just like father and, and, and daughter do. Um, yeah. Earlier in the movie, she thinks that he may be her father. Um, so as he, she, they go to their end destination, they meet. Um, I'm pretty sure she's basically a prostitute. Um, we got Trixie and we get, um, some bootleggers and um, just we're all over the place in this movie. And <laughs> it's actually was, was pretty enjoyable. Um, I, I don't like movies where you basically have the whole credits run beforehand and you get that <laughs> black and white goofy music. Um, I kind of was like, oh, damn it. How? Why? Like, they're going to pick something else. <laughs> um, but I think as it went on and. I, I as the, I would say about like a quarter way through the movie, I'm like, all right, this is actually getting pretty enjoyable. Like this girl's a pretty smart con artist. Um, yeah, uh, Tatum O'Neill. I don't know much from her other than Rescue Me. I know she was on that, and um, mm. Ryan O'Neill. I don't think I've seen him in anything except this. Yeah, um, yeah it's probably probably accurate to be honest. Yeah. Love um, Story. I, did you ever see Love Story? Love, no. love, love means means never having to say you're sorry or something. You guys ever see that clip? No, but I've seen that on yeah. AIM messages a lot in the early two okay. thousands. Um, well, that's a quote from Love Story, which Ryan O'Neill was in. So, <laughs> okay, um, I think I did look at some of his IMDb. He was in um, that Jamie Kennedy movie. Um, oh, what am I talking? What uh, I'll think of Malibu's Most Wanted. You're, that's you're it. Off the he was in Malibu's Most Wanted. Yep. So uh, I saw that. Um, but no, trap. I mean, to, yeah, to be honest, um, it, it definitely wasn't a bad movie. Um, I, I, I will <laughs> flat out admit, Harry, I'm glad that you suggested this because um, mm. it's going to at least say that I watched a movie from prior like Star Wars times. I'm probably not going to watch <laughs> another one. So um, well, I'm we'll see what happens I, when your turn comes <laughs> up with uh, never have I ever seen again. If so. we do that, then great. We're going to redux. Again. I've seen Wizard of Oz. We don't think we that's a I, oh, we don't have to go goodness. any more. Old nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I but I mean, I I did enjoy it. I at first I didn't. I was thrown off by a lot of the stuff like the goofy old timey music and um, <laughs> and the black and white. And and I, I just I thought the I thought the performances in it were really good. Ryan and, and Tatum have really good chemistry. Um, mm. I could never work with uh, my parent or my son uh, like in. in you know, so good for them. Um, and there's oh. some, uh, I'm trying to think what else I, there, there was a lot taking in because I think like, as I was watching it, I, my main thought was, well, all right. Harry was right. It's not a bad movie. It's pretty good. So yeah. Um, Greg, what about, what about you? Was this was, and uh, this was your first time watching this, correct? It was, it was. Now I have seen some movies pre Star Wars times as you <laughs> refer to it. <laughs> um, there's there's but... only one world. It's either pre or post Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. There's <laughs> BSW and ASW. Um, I just assume everything before that is black and white. 
<laughs> but I will say, hands, I was right there with you. And it, look, I I like watching black and white stuff. I have no problems with it. But first thing that hits, black and white movie with ragtime music, and I'm like, oh, Harry, what have you gotten us into? <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should not have been surprised. Um, but you know, I I stuck with it, and the as the movie progresses. Um, I was like, okay, so Ryan and Tatum's chemistry is actually fantastic. Like it's, uh, it's really on point here. The story itself, I would kind of describe it as um, maybe like the Andy Griffith show meets Bonnie and Clyde, which I know doesn't mm, necessarily make sense because uh, Andy Griffith is about a cop and Bonnie and Clyde are, uh, are, are uh, bank robbers. But um yeah, uh, what I what I mean is it's got the the wit and the humor and the southern charm of Andy Griffith, but uh, it's got kind of, you know, the con aspects of uh, of Bonnie and Clyde and, you know, having two people go off on adventures traveling the, the countryside. So um, I, I think this movie for me is uh, <laughs> it's kind of just a slow southern molasses type feel you know like this is a movie <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily get hyped to watch on like a friday night but if yeah, it's a sunday right. afternoon you know it's a lazy sunday it's football season's past what am i gonna watch oh, i heard paper moon is good let me throw that on so <laughs> yeah um this is definitely like one of those type of movies which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just that's the feel that i got from this movie uh, like I said, you know, chemistry between Ryan and Tatum O'Neill, absolutely outstanding. Um, I don't think the movie with the story itself set the world on fire, but the performances were, were so good. Uh, it more than makes up for, I guess, a lack of depth with the story. Um, when Trixie and Imogene uh, get added into the uh, the gang, as it were, I thought that really livened things up. Uh, Madeline Kahn uh, plays Trixie, and uh, I believe she was nominated yeah. for an award, right? Okay, so I, yeah, I don't she was know, supporting actress as well. I don't know that I would call that performance necessarily. Uh, like I don't, I don't see it being nominated in my world. But I will say it was it was a strong performance. Um, Imogene, I thought, was fantastic. <laughs> I really yeah. enjoyed her and wish she stuck around. But, uh, you know, they sent her back to mama. Um, but that's that whole uh, subplot and the addition of those characters, I thought, really worked for the movie. Uh, you were going to say something, Hans? Can I can I add something in as I like, you know, just doing some fact check on, on IMDb and all, <laughs> just taking a look at things. And I looked at some of the pictures. And um, there's colored versions of this, so I'm gonna get really annoyed if I find out there's a colored version of this movie somewhere. No, I've, it's oh, probably right. just uh, pictures in the 1970s were in color, Chris. So, <laughs> like know, stills movie, of the film. Yeah, I think Liar. the movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> having a movie take place in 1936 probably worked for black and white uh, as a choice. So um, I don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, um, one other okay. quick note before I pass it off. The uh, the guy working the hotel that uh, ends up, you know, getting in trouble with Miss Trixie. Uh, right. The chompers on that dude. Woof. Like what? <laughs> I, somebody tell me those teeth are prosthetics because there's no way uh, they, they are has not. a set of teeth like that. <laughs> they are, are not. Legit? You know, yes. Um, he's actually a, uh, a Mel Brooks um, veteran. He's in um, Blazing Saddles. 
Okay. He's the guy. The if you have you seen Blades and Saddles? I have, but like once. Okay. So he's yeah. the one guy that like he's part of like the gang leader, like the cowboy leader. And if you look at a picture oh, from yeah, him, yeah. like he's got some like jacked up teeth. Like like <laughs> they are they're his real teeth. Um, and I I only noticed him because when I was watching this movie, I'm like, wait a minute, the, this dude looks really familiar. Like where? And it's you know the 70s, and and so I'm like I, he was probably in a couple things before. And uh, I saw that. I'm like, wait, I'm like, I looked at IMDb. I'm like, that's the same dude. Um, so just I mean, that's a pretty recognizable set of chiclets. You know what I mean? Like, that's that, what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him and I'm like, wait, I was like, is that the dude from Blazing Saddles? I'm like, because it's his teeth. His name's Burton Gilliam. Um, I'm like, look at his teeth. I'm like, dude, that's the same guy. Like, he always had teeth like that. <laughs> yeah so um, anyway those those are just some initial thoughts for me uh Hera, let's hear your takes on your beloved paper moon yeah so obviously with peter bogdanovich passing away it kind of jumped front of mind for me and you know especially with you guys laughing um about every time i throw in a movie uh B, what is it? B BSW before Star Wars. Yeah, um, before Star Wars. BSW. You yeah. know, I, I get the eye rolls and the uh, all these. So I figured it would be nice and fun to kind of you know get your palates uh, you know tasting something different other than Marvel spectacles. Um, you know, and <laughs> similar. Maybe similar next to- time we can get a film with like Gertrude Tinglebottom or something. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Or or Trixie <laughs> Delight. Who knows? Yes, Trixie Delight. Um, Trixie Delight too. <laughs> Tricks, Trixie takes New York. Um, oh <laughs> but uh, so for me, Peter Bogdanovich and Ryan O'Neill are kind of, I want to say, staples of the early 70s in, in film. And Peter Bogdanovich, like he basically makes like last picture show. What's up, Doc? This. And he has a movie in 1968 called Targets, which was, I think was his first movie. And then like after that, like there's all this like. If you look at film history, it's kind of like, what happened to Peter Bogdanovich? Why did he fall off? And he was actually an actor in The Sopranos for people, you know, who might know him from that. Um, he played a role in there. But other than that, he was kind of, you know, similar to Marty Marty Scorsese um, as like just a film historian and a film lover. You know, obviously he is no Steven Spielberg. He is no Martin Scorsese. But like he's just a, a, a film lover and a, a historian of film. You know, he's really influenced by a lot of John Ford films in the, you know, early 19, late 1930s, early 1940s. Um, so that's kind of where, you know, and I see Chris giggling like, oh, man, film history time. Um, <laughs> and Ryan O'Neill, um, he was in Barry Lyndon, this love story and like, what's up, Doc? Um, another Peter Bogdanovich film that was actually going to be my choice, but I think it's harder to find than paper moon is so i just kind of you know went with this one um because barbara streisand's in that and barbara streisand is incredible in uh what's up doc so just Mm -hmm. for for those who might doubt her um she i mean i know she's done other things but that for me was like whoa barbara what are you doing this is great um but the you know you guys talked about the chemistry obviously you know tatum o'neill is the daughter of of ryan um but ryan o'neill not really uh, a very nice man um, if you look at a lot of his stuff and you read like history of film and, and stuff, he kind of was a real jerk. Um, I mean, there's even things that were written about like when the, he was filming Barry Lyndon, um, which was a Kubrick movie. Um, you know, he he ended up hitting Tatum O'Neill when he found out that she was nominated and he wasn't. Um, both of Tatum's parents weren't in attendance when she won the Oscar. 
Um, you know, we, we talked a little, like, you know, it's just kind of stuff like that. And he was apparently a, a big alcoholic and had problems with drinking. Um, so, but it's, it's really interesting to like watch this movie and see their chemistry together. And part of that, the people have credited to Peter Bogdanovich because he apparently took sometimes up to 50 takes to try and make sure they got it right. Um, so like, there's that one scene where it's kind of like a one shot when they're talking about uh, doing the Bible uh, sales and apparently they filmed that scene over like two days to like make sure they could get it in one shot so a little manufacturing there to kind of get that best performance out I think or take the best scene um, per se but um, yeah so that's just a little bit about the movie and kind of you know my choice for it but yeah um, I was gonna say you know you guys mentioned I mean you know as, as soon as I feel like you know the the chemistry between Ryan and Tatum O'Neill um, you know, kind of starts to fade. They, you know, they pick up Madeline Kahn and now there's all of a sudden another wrench thrown into it. And, you know, obviously they, you know, both are, you know, not wanting to be together, but kind of see how it works and kind of, you know, can see, you know, it's never really, you know, jump into the ending. It's never really confirmed if he's, you know, actually her father in the movie. And it's just kind of left out to open interpretation as these two are going to just, you know, figure it out together and he's going to, you know, pseudo adopt or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I watched this film and what's up doc back to back um, one time, um, you know, just diving into, you know, you know, Greg, I know you dive into like, Hey, I'm watching all these films from this person or, you know, this series. Right. And, you know, that's kind of what I was doing with this. And I'd already seen the last picture show and that's a really, really good film. If you've never seen it, it won a bunch of Oscars, I believe, or at least was nominated for a ton um, as well. But um, but yeah, what's up, Doc is a is a is a good one from Peter. If if you're looking for more of a comedy route, you know, I mean, this one's actually fairly comedy as well. I'm I'm not trying to shortchange it, but um, a different type of uh, speed. And uh, but yeah, but no, this this movie kind of just you know was warm a little bit to me. Just kind of one of those, you know, I've kind of hyped it up for you guys, so it's interesting to see how you guys were like. It was good, but like you know, it, it's definitely not you know Friday night. I'm you know opening night. I'm gonna go see it. Um, you know, for me, it was one of those where I discovered it and I was like, wow, this was actually really pleasantly surprising. So I always find it interesting when, you know, you kind of go in with the expectations of, you know, uh, what people are thinking, but I've obviously rambled on a lot, uh, about it. So I don't know if you guys have anything, uh, else to, uh, to add to it or, or thoughts. Um, no, I mean, I, it, it's hard to kind of like, I don't want to like a couple things I was like watching and I'm like. I think to your point of um, the fact that like, you really don't find out if he's the father or not. I'm like, they, they got to wait like 50 years to get blood tests to see if that's possible. So I don't know if that's, that's going to happen. So yeah, I, I it, it's uh, kind of funny to see like how things are like back in like back in like the thirties. And it, it, you know what this kind of like a little bit reminded me of is like, there will be blood is where like he adopts, he adopts the, and I'm not saying it's as good as there will be blood. Like I saw that look here um, is where like he adopts, um, adopts his son. And like at, at that point in life, like you have to basically take people's word for it. Like if you just like pick up a kid and you just say it's yours, like mm-hmm. people are going to believe you. Like there's like, it, it's such a weird world that like, you, you know, yeah. at one point existed and now it's much different. Um, but I, you know, I thought it was a, it, I, I guess at the time, because, you know, it was so long ago in 73 is where like this probably was kind of like an original idea. And like, you know, you still kind of I feel like at some point in like the 90s and 2000s, they probably like remade this into like a family comedy with like well, they, Robin they Williams it, or someone. 
They did do a show with it afterwards with Jodie Foster. It was a TV Which series. Which I yeah, I went on IMDb and saw that like a year later. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so they were getting that cash grab right away. That was <laughs> yeah. like they weren't even waiting. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't in black and white. That was a color. So I maybe wish we maybe just, maybe I should have nominated. That I wish we should have just watched the series instead. Dude, hands from this point on, black and white movies only recommendations from me. <laughs> honestly, well, I've seen the artist. Oh God. <laughs> cool bro <laughs> and i told you like 20 minutes of the justice league so i'm like yeah. there don't worry about it cool did you watch the mad black. max black and white too and uh the wolverine chrome or oh, whatever yeah, it is. logan logan like oh all right logan Sorry. fair enough i actually prefer logan and black and white so see. it goes go. against everything i just yeah. said our black and white uh, movie expert hands yeah <laughs> can't wait till they release no way home in black and white oh god I will um, say really quick, Greg, that I, I don't want to cut you off on, on any mm-hmm. lasting thoughts you might have. But for me, uh, just because I mentioned similarities between Paper Mood and Boys in the Hood, uh, both directors have passed away uh, for these films. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we got Peter for a lot longer. Um, and I think John Singleton only he died in like his early 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, some Oscar history. Tatum O'Neill was the youngest ever to win. Um, you know, as you know, we talked about uh, John Singleton being nominated in the, you know, the, the records or the, you know, history he made. And so there's a little tie in with that. Other than that, I don't really have too much that's in common. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, just wanted to mention those a uh, couple things that I'd forgotten. So it was interesting that you tie those two together and you make a good case for that. Um, additional notes that I had, I guess. Uh, Randy Quaid with the random appearance oh, <laughs> as yeah. Leroy, yeah, why, aka Young Uncle Eddie. Like just, just how they did a shows, Young Sheldon show. This is Young Uncle Eddie show. He just he shows up into uh, he shows up in What's Up Doc too as like of a, course a he does cameo. Um, just really? making the rounds, just pop it in. Yeah, hopefully a you, different watch... type of character for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. But I was gonna say for hands too. What's Up Doc is in color, so. Uh, feel free to uh, to check that one out and let me All know right. if uh, if I'm wrong. But is it a talkie? It's a talkie. It's a talkie. <laughs> they have the words. It's a moving. Come, no, come see it's the movie pictures things. in the words. No, all it is is it's one of those movies where like all the people are moving really fast and then they show the words on a different. Frame oh yeah. Afterwards, yeah. Um, yeah. They're called silent pictures, Chris. Silent pictures. Sorry, but sorry. Fine. You know what I meant. That's that's from the before times, the uh, before Star Wars times. Yeah, before Star Wars. Uh, um, I will say the uh, film people in here. The the ending. Uh, I thought this was going to end on a much darker note when Moe's got caught. Right. I was kind of yeah. surprised that it it continued on further and relatively little harm came to him, other than a uh, maybe some fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, it just uh, it seemed like it was going to take a sharp, dark turn. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it didn't. But it just uh, it was really weird. That sudden, yeah. you know, sudden. Well, almost, it's almost like they, they kind of shoot it because I think at that point, like Tatum and or, you know, Addy is is kind of watching like this and they kind of shoot it, shoot, shoot it through her eyes where it's yeah. like you kind of go in yourself as a child where it's like you remember the time when like maybe you were walking with your dad and you were a little nervous or like a little scared or you knew you did something wrong and it's like, are we going to get caught? And it's like, you know, they, they definitely kind of tie that in a little bit or, you know, I feel as though kind of making that kind of like you said that putting that fear and like, are we going here? Are we, is this going to get dark? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walking down the street, some bootlegger hillbillies come and beat you up and take your money. It's uh. <laughs> a fear of mine. And uh, for me, I mean, look, that ending sure was something. <laughs> it was a little oh, bit of a letdown for me. Uh, yeah. I No, look, so here's why. And this is just my personal preference. I'm not saying it was a, a terrible, like, uh, right. contrary to the plot or anything like that. But, like, I prefer movies with closure. And this doesn't really mm. provide that. It's just like, okay, right. so the adventures continue. And we never find out if Addie is, you know... Uh, uh, Moses daughter and all this stuff and it's like okay you know I guess that's yeah. cute or whatever but it's like so what was this whole movie like what was the point of it if there's no you know real definitive ending for me um, you know if well, they had two just... people two people who were separated now brought together and now gonna travel the world together and con yeah, sure, I, I guess I mean they learned they, they learned nothing yeah if they had ended with like you know Moe's getting killed and it's like here's what the life of crime will lead you to and then she mm. goes and lives with uh aunt billy or whoever then it's okay i get that that's an ending for me yeah but this is like fair. yeah this is like let's just ride off into the sunset and keep doing what we're doing and fair it's like critique. Yeah, yeah not really my thing um but that said uh i will give this movie three stars out of five i thought it was enjoyable um not something I probably would have gone and seen had it not been recommended to me by you. Uh, but you wow. know, I, even though your picks are eclectic at best, um, I trust your opinion and uh, I didn't think you would steer oh. us wrong. So uh, I never happy would that I got to see this. Yeah. And it's uh, it gets added to my list of before star Wars movies. So that's a good. <laughs> Chopping this away at that first, list, baby. Yes. This is my first B, uh, uh, BSW before Star Wars. <laughs> no way. There's no way it's your first one. No, I think I saw like Rope. That was an oldie. That was an well, old. Well, you, you mentioned Wizard of Oz. I mean, that's. I, it wasn't, I, that doesn't count. Everyone's seen Wizard of Oz. And that's in color. <laughs> yeah, you could see Wizard of Oz by mistake, I feel. I, I, I fast forward 20 minutes through until she gets to Oz when I don't want to deal with oh, Black Oh, shut up. Have you ever seen any of the original uh, Universal Monster movies? Those are all from like the 30s. I might have. I'm not that I know. I, you know, I saw Nosferatu. That was like in like the 50s, That's 60s. the 20s. That's the uh, 20s. Well, they did remake it in the 70s. The original yeah, was the 20s know. and they remade it in the 70s. I think it was the 20s that I saw. Okay, the oldest, the older one. Okay, <laughs> whatever, Harry. Um, no, some some final notes that I I, I kind of have like, I, and I agree with Greg. With the ending was a little like a little too like like I there were no consequences. Like there was no consequences right. to their actions. Like all he did was just like, and I and I did the conversion rate. They had like eight hundred and fifty dollars, which I think is like fourteen thousand dollars. So like they scanned all these people for like fourteen thousand dollars. These hillbillies chased them, God knows how long, beat him up, took his money, and that was that was like it's his hard-earned lesson. working people, and you're just categorizing them into categories of, of hillbillies. Unbelievable. They're hillbilly bootleggers. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? I sure. mean, I, he doesn't the bootlegger, the actual bootlegger, didn't portray himself as a hillbilly, and the All other right, two whatever. were cops, so whatever i don't know but i don't know i'm sorry no i mix them i'm sorry i mix them up with the the randy quaid family oh yeah they were yeah. Hillbillies. No, those guys were hillbillies. Oh, man yeah i farmers, i apologize yeah. i'm sorry for weird all the people. Re- weird wrestling match that just <laughs> yeah. appears at an i'll wrestle yeah. you for it this movie was a lot of filler 
It really was like, right. like no story. Like the Madeline Kahn story was never touched on again. I don't think like it was just kind of like it was kind of like you consider it like a movie like Smallville, like a monster of the or like a character of the week where like each episode could have been like right. one story. And, you know, then they get to the bootleggers and then the bootleggers somehow want to chase them miles and miles for how long beat them up, take his money. And and then they just go and they're all going to do it all again. Well, that's they, why this makes such a perfect TV series, I guess. Was that a miniseries or an actual, like... Um, I'll look it up really quick, but I know it's also based off of... Uh, I believe it's based uh, off of a book um, yeah, called, apparently, uh, a novel called yeah. Addie Prey, um, which possibly could have been the name of the movie. Was it um, Addie Prey point, Love? But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. How'd you I, know? That's with Julia uh, Roberts, right? I saw that. Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, exactly. That was that was uh, genius. I believe there was only 13 episodes of this um TV series. Oh, so limited series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if well, I don't know if they had limited series back then as much as it was like, this isn't working. Oh, yeah. We're getting it off the air. But like the way the, the way Hans describes it, it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense that it had a TV yeah. series because that's a perfect no, fit absolutely. for it. It doesn't seem like yeah. a movie. Yeah. Right. Like I, I did like the first season end when he's getting his like bell rung and then it's like Addy's looking for him. And then they're like, nah, we're not going to do a second season. It's it's pointless at this point. Well, no, I'm, I'm right. glad you guys didn't hate the movie. So I no, I give it like a three time. out of five, to be honest. Um, you know, like I said uh, before Star Wars, it's not much on my platter that I watched. So um, no, I enjoyed it. I, I think they should have they should make a colored version. Oh, God. <laughs> out of curiosity, uh, for- Harry, what do you rate this? I rated four out of five. Um, again, I, I again, I think it's something where I don't think we talk about it enough as a society um, where expectations, you know, I kind of not hyped this up for you guys, but I was like, this is a great movie, yada, yada. And you guys, you know, we're going in and being like, Harry's a genius. He knows what he's talking about. We trust him with our hearts and with our lives. Um, you guys text the me that all the time. No, I, 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 I got, I got receipts. Um, so <laughs> So for me, it's not surprising that you guys were like, this was solid, but like not like anything where for me, it was like I was just flicking around, you know, trying to find something to watch. And it's like, oh, like, what is this? Okay, this looks like pretty, pretty solid. And then just, you know, being surprised. So that's why I think I lean a little heavier. And I also really enjoy when there's good chemistry, um, you know, where there's an outstanding performance. You know, we talked about Lawrence Fishburne, you know, Tatum O'Neill, you know, whether it took 50 takes or 10 you know, just get, making sure they get the right one on screen is the most important. And, you know, that's where I think it, it, it excels a little bit more and why I rate it a little bit higher for that. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Um, all right. Well, that brings our episode to a close. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another round of never have I ever seen. Uh, the next time that we revisit this topic, I'll be up. So I'll be very dun, dun, dun. interested to see what my uh, compatriots choose for me to watch. Uh, but in the meantime, hair, anything for the peeps? Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you guys are staying warm this time of season or maybe taking a holiday. I feel like every year I get to this point in late January, early February. And I'm like, why didn't I plan a vacation to like somewhere warm right now? Yeah. It's um, dreadful in the I, Northeast. I reg- <laughs> yeah, I regret it every single time. And um, yeah, but, um, you know, we got more exciting, fun stuff coming for you guys. You know, we're 
we're in the dog days, as they say, of, of the film. And, you know, there's a couple of good TV shows out, you know, possibly with the amount of streaming content out there. So hopefully you guys are finding something to watch. Hopefully, you know, you uh, you'll check out, you know, our hits. If you, if you listened before watching, hopefully you guys will check these films out. But if you've seen them, you know, let us know if you agree or disagree with our takes. Mm-hmm. And anything for the peeps? No, thanks. Thanks for sticking in the second episode of 2022. Um, you know, like like Harry mentioned, I know we have we have some fun stuff lined up. Um, I, guys, I'm like in. I just have to come out. Like, I'm getting like so overwhelmed with the amount of things that are coming out. Like, really, <laughs> to the point where I'm just like, I'm gonna. What's on your mind. plate, big guy? Everything. Everything. <laughs> oh, okay, it. that narrows it down. Yeah. Peacemaker. <laughs> Pe- I and you know, and this there's two. Uh, and, and to go on the paper moon, um, like the the defend Harry, like. I'm actually going to like not go by my initial instincts anymore of saying this looks like awful or whatever, because Harry suggested paper moon and I I ended up liking it. I thought peacemaker was going to be like just a dumpster fire. It's actually a very entertaining, good show. So, you know, Hmm. I'm not going to go by that anymore. And, and Harry, thank you for, for, you know, opening my eyes to that. I just want to say that publicly. I, 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 you know, I give you a hard time record. I, it's on record. I thank I was you. Gonna, yeah, Go Go I was going to say there's a, there's a classic Seinfeld episode where George Costanza figures out he's doing everything wrong and he goes opposite. The opposite. Everything. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what you should do this year. Whatever your gut tells you, hands, just do the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> and on that gonna, note, you know, I, yeah. and I want to like and, and like make sure like get other people to understand that message. So when like and we're going to say, for example, and we talked about this last week, it's like, you know, don't go by your gut instinct because you might enjoy it because, you know, say come March, there's going to be a movie that comes out that's about Batman. Mm. And I think mm. like other people mm. on this podcast, like uh. not including, <laughs> not including uh. me and you, Harry, that. Yeah, I think could use right. that advice. I, I agree. Open open up your mind or open that mind. Know. Yeah, exactly. Don't I've disappoint us. Opened my mind to plenty of Batman. <laughs> like I don't need more. Uh we'll oh, see. That'll that'll be a discussion for a different really day, quick. Yes, I know I'm, we're in our, I'm not looking forward to the Batman. I know we're in our closing thoughts. Did either one of you guys watch Paper Moon with uh your significant others? No. Uh she walked in as I was like halfway through it and was like, What is this? nice okay. yeah i'm just um, curious because I, I wouldn't even start it because all i had to say all i i probably had to say oh actually i think i said to her i gotta watch a black and white movie and Catherine was like oh why and uh, like, so she's i got a she's book report to on tuesday she's yeah she's after star wars too so yeah i just thought it'd well, be she's seen, oh you know what you guys have both seen disney movies before star wars i mean there's that no yeah. I guess. Actually, I don't think I have, but well, that's a discussion for another day. A lot you of haven't the seen like Snow seen. White or like Peter Pan or what? Peter Pan. I've, I've seen, I saw Hawk. It's the same story. Oh, God. You're blowing my mind right now. That's, I, I cannot. I think I've seen, seen Peter Pan, but I've never seen like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, like all the old timey ones. No. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> um, what were you going to say? Yeah. Nothing. I didn't. Oh, the right. only thing I well, guess I was going to say was just um, I would have been interested to see because I feel like Paper Moon is is a movie that would be reluctant by a significant other. And then actually they'd be like, oh, this was kind of enjoyable. So I think they probably would have fit in with you guys. I was just interested to see if it was yeah. prime time viewing at the at the home. Yeah. As soon as my wife sees black and white, she is out the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, and, she, she, 
after some of the movies we watched recently, she's not going to trust my opinion anymore. So if I would have <laughs> said it, she's like, nah, that's all right. Just tell her to open her mind. Yes. Yeah, I'll just give my speech that I just gave. And she'll be like, nah, that's all right. <laughs> Wives don't have any of that. Uh, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, uh, make sure to like, share, comment, subscribe. iTunes, leave us a five-star review. If there's any platforms you want to see us on, please let me know. I'll uh, try and get us on there. But thank you guys for tuning in. As always, make sure you live spicy.